You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. Jose Young here at MMAfighting.com for another episode of what you call it the last time we did Extra Live, A-Side. Uh, we are here on the scene in Las Vegas. This is obviously Casey Live and Cameron Extraordinaire. Esther Lynn is behind the camera. She's going to be asking questions. You've seen this before. We've done it with Anthony Walker. We've done it with Danny Segura at UFC 244. But we're here at UFC 245 Fight Week. You can see the T-Mobile Arena in the window behind us. You all can't, but we can. But we promise you it's there. Fight Week, Blog Week. Fight Week, Blog Week. For, the, for all the old school for MMA all, degenerates. From all the, for all you the, recognize this. Fight for, Week, Blog Week. For all the OG. No, it's, he, he faces it up. Ah, Fight Week, Blog Week. Well, anyway, I'm Jose. This is Casey. That's Esther. We're here for another Extra Live episode of the A-Side Live Chat for people just tuning in. As always, this is not our podcast. This is your podcast. You can ask questions in the comment section. You can use hashtag the A-Side on Twitter. We'll talk about fist fighting. We'll talk about Black Flag. We'll talk about punk music in general. We'll talk about crystals. We can talk about how he likes The Watchmen Show and I haven't seen it yet. We'll talk about whatever you want. So, Esther. Any, yes. any good questions? The I'm sure a, there's good questions. The A and A side stands for crystal. The A and A side stands for... <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking in there? Uh, coffee. Oh, okay. Coffee. It's uh, terrible decaf coffee. I get headaches if I drink caffeine. No, I get headaches if I don't drink caffeine. I yeah. get headaches. I know. I know they. Uh-huh. Uh, that's, the, that's the first question? Uh, come on. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the first question is, how do you feel about... This is from Grin N. A long-time commenter. How do you feel about Dan Mergliata coaching Struve to continue after the second low blow in his fight with Rothwell and suggests that Struve was up on the scorecards? I personally found that very inappropriate and think a ref's only concern should be fighter safety. Yeah, so Casey, you were there for the UFC on ESPN 7 car in Washington, D.C. when Stephen Struve got, what, double nut kicked by Ben Rothwell and he was laying on the ground? I read about that and I saw, I saw some video of it, but at the time, I was just literally rolling on the ground laughing at the, oh, at the, at the, at the yay boo thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, I think that really is the the thing that we need to talk about. Sure. Not not some refing coaching. Yeah, yeah, you shouldn't know. We know he's not supposed to do that. Yeah, you shouldn't have done that. Um, but what, what does Stroop say? I think Stroop commented on it. Uh, Stroop said to stop giving Dan Murley out of grief because he's comment. He's what refereed him enough times, and he's a good ref. And I think there was a he like shared a picture of he had a come from behind win. And in the past, Dan Mergliata has let fight his fights go on longer than people should, and he's won. So I can't remember what the fight was, but he goes, leave him alone. If he wasn't my ref for this fight, I never would have had this incredible come from behind win. So yeah, one of Dan, Dan was a good Dan was a good. So basically, he was defending Dan Mergliata. Yeah, because he wasn't gonna pull. He he wasn't gonna. Dan shouldn't have done it. There's a lot of shouldn't have done's, you know, in this sport. He shouldn't have done it, and um, yeah, he he's supposed to, he's supposed to do the whole. You see it all the time. Guys get guys get kicked in nut nuts, and then they're like, "Hey, you go to that corner because you know their coaches are telling them, hey, rest or whatever, or you know, you know, bow out or sure. you know." So that's that's all he should be saying. He should be saying, "How much time you got? Go to this opposite side of the cage, so you can't you can't um, communicate with your corner." That's all he should have said. 
Um, no, you shouldn't have done it. That's all. Yeah, and Stefan Struve said that. It's not, it's not the end of the world. Like It's not, it's not like we're going to Mazzagati him or something. Yeah, you know? it was just what a lot of fighters said it was in. Because like, I was doing Twitter reacts for that, for the, the site, like Twitter reacts to <clears throat> the, all the fights. And a lot of fighters were like, wait, did the referee just tell him that he could st- he should keep fighting because he could probably coast to a win? And a lot of fighters thought it was inappropriate. Um, but Stefan Struve eventually said it, he didn't really care because nine out of, he said nine out of 10 fighters, uh, I believe our own AK Lee interviewed him like the next day or so. He said nine out of 10 fighters would have continued fighting anyway, even if Dan Murgliata didn't give him that pep talk. So at the end of the day, he didn't really care. Yeah. Was, it's, it's unfortunate that it happened. Uh, but he said the rules kind of screwed him because I, it was like two low blows. Like that could have been DQ, I guess. I'm not sure. But he said nine out of 10 fighters would have continued on even if Dan Merkley, I didn't say anything. He said he would have kept fighting even if Dan didn't say anything. Yeah. That's I mean, pretty much. Yeah, but, but I mean, but what's, what, what is Struve going to say? Oh, I was about I was about to say, no, I'm done. I was about to say, no, Moss, my balls are gone. My balls are gone. Or, or you know, I'm going to fight. I mean, What like a that. weird scenario where, what, how many people are in that arena, you think? Yeah, 15,000. 15,000 people are cheering about your testicles. Not well, it's half are cheering, half, half are booing. Half booing. And, then, and then they got USA chance going. <laughs> Incredibly cruel, but very funny. Cruel but funny. It's a new meme. Yeah. Like, make that a meme in MMA twenty twenty. Yeah, I'm I'm not all, I'm not all about the nationality chance during fights, but um I don't know. That that, that, many, that might take the exception. What though. other nationality chance do we get besides USA? Oh, there are. there are none. It's only it's only USA. And it's usually when, uh, sometimes not even American fight. Like it could be a Canadian versus a Brazilian, and they'll still just like chant USA for the white guy. Has there has, has there been um, Esther? You've been, you're in the you're in the arena more than I am. Has have there been like you no know, Brazil or Mexico chants? Like actually just saying the name of the country? No, no. No one chants Mexico, Mexico. They chant yeah, like sometimes. Wait, wait. sometimes. Really, yeah, I've never happened. seen it in. UFC or MMA yeah. or boxing. Uh, I've I've seen it. Hmm. You've heard. so okay so, but it's not on the regular, right? It's just it's weird. Um, yeah. It's so, yeah, it's weird. I never heard of Canada chant Canada Canada. Uh, it works. No, I don't know. So, but basically, you asked about the ref coaching Struve, and our answer is more USA chants when fighters get when opposing fighters get kicked in the balls. That's our answer. There you go. All right. Next question. With uh, this is from Valentino. You just make it up. Tarhan. Just, just make up the spelling. With the recent comments Colby has made about Dana and seeing Dana's response at the previous presser, I think if Colby loses to Usman, Dana will cut him. He seemed very mad. Colby <laughs> has made more comments this week. Do you think they will release him? Big fan from Australia. Six. So the question was, is Colby going to get Liz Carmouched? Basically, lose the title fight, you're out. Nope. No. <laughs> no. I don't think, no way. Colby, no way. Colby Covington has carved himself in a niche that, love him or hate him, like, people are interested in what he has to say now. Like, he said himself that, so supposedly, what, what, what was the show he was on? He did, like, that sit-down interview. Candace with, Owens. Uh, Candace Owens, and he said that before the Damian Maya fight, it was, like, his last time his contract, and the UFC wanted to cut him. 
they told him like win or lose we're gonna cut you so then he, he started to do that stick like where he called Brazil a bunch of dirty animals or uh, whatever you call them whatever you call them and people called him racist and that got him talking and then the very next fight he fought Javier Dos Anjos another Brazilian and he had that boomerang thrown at him by Fabricio Verdum so that promo got a lot of eyeballs on him there's absolutely zero chance the UFC actually said if you win this fight we're still gonna cut you this is, it's just a zero chance that happened and like now, now we believe everything Kobe says. Kobe's still selling the fight. That's all he's doing. I mean, he even he, he even breaks kayfabe during 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 I scrums know. all the time, I, which sucks because you're not supposed to do that. Come on, man. When I when I saw that Candace Owens clip where he was talking about how like this, I had I did this like promo or whatever. All I could think of was uh, Chael Sonnen getting upset for like what is it pulling the curtain behind the business yeah. and stuff like that, uh, breaking kayfabe. So. Wasn't a fan of that. Uh, even Henry Cejudo himself. Henry Cejudo has done that too, where he's like, I'm not this, I'm like cringy. I'm not this cringy. This is like me turned up. I'm like, don't say that. Make people believe. Like, live the gimmick. So, but yeah. it was a, I, no, if you steer into it. So the question was, will Kobe get cut if he loses? No. No. Absolutely not. No, he won't get cut for his performance. There's going to be. A- now, I mean, he may say something completely wrong, like just bad you yeah. should, things you should not say that may happen but independent of the actual punching someone nah he's he's good for a while no yeah um because there's a lot of fighters like people want to see him fight masvidal people want to see him fight uh <clears throat> unfortunately if ben Askren was not retired i'm sure people would want to see him fight ben Askren. there's people pe- that people want colby to see fight dude who and who knows what the ben if colby gets his ass kicked and ben's out there and they can throw some money at ben who who the heck knows that that fight's still on the table. Ben right. Ben's Ben's still on Earth. He's not. He didn't leave. You know. So we're good. Well, he said he's getting hip surgery and he doesn't want to coach MMA anymore. Only Macy Barber. That's what Ben Askren said. He doesn't want to coach MMA. No, he's oh, like wow. I'm only. He's only going to do wrestling. He's oh, not going to be. He's not going to work with Rufus or anything. He's going to coach Macy Barber. That that's about it. If he gets a is it, big bags of money, changes your thing. Changes your ideals. That is true. That is for true. So. Okay, uh, from strike.mx, if Jose Aldo is able to win a belt at 135, big if. The, the biggest if has ever been That's ifed. what it says, actually. It says big oh. if. I, I, I didn't add that. Sure. Wait, is, how big is the big if? I mean, did he, like, change the font? So, like, cover No, it's in parentheses. It needs to be bigger. Okay. Where would that put him in the all-time greats discussion? And will it help him recover from some of the damage that the Connor KO did to his legacy? If Jose wins uh, the Bantamweight title, it would certainly... I already consider Jose Aldo one of the greatest fighters of all time. Uh, it didn't destroy his legacy. He lost the fight. That's, that's yeah. BS. He I mean, lost. Everyone, everyone lost. I mean, it's not it's saying destroyed the legacy. It affected his legacy. Sure. It destroyed his legacy. It's like, no. Yeah, lost doesn't... Like, Ronda is still one, like, one of the fight greatest fighters of all time yeah. and she got head kicked and then knocked out in her next fight yeah. but the, did it distort I think the actions after destroyed her legacy more than getting knocked out but even then that's not the end of the world like Jose Aldo lost and he didn't make any you know you know what like, no one can destroy his legacy is the fact that we're reading this question the fact that the greatest featherweight of all time is going to a weight class he should not be at yeah. and he's facing probably the, the second best bantamweight in the world and a very violent bantamweight and he's facing that guy and coming in as a skeleton. This weekend is going to have more effect on his legacy, I think, than anything else. I think it's almost like when BJ went down to 45 and 
you know, started taking those horrible fights on there, like those started killing his legacy. It's like those, it's those continually, it's those, those losses in different weight classes afterwards. Those are going to hurt his legacy. This fight, if he gets, if he gets, doesn't make weight, even if he does make weight and just gets demolished by uh, Marlon, mm-hmm. which I can't, which whatever, we'll see what happens. This will affect his legacy much more than the Connor loss would. Yeah, I have shades of, well, remember when Diego Sanchez went down to featherweight and he's like, I'm going to reinvent myself and this and that. And then he came up short when Tiago Alves tried to go down the lightweight on that New York card. Even, you know, he fought when um, Diego went down to 45, he fought Ricardo Lamas, Lamas. a guy who was in the top five at the time. Like, I, I, I just don't, this is incredible. These guys, he wasn't even a top five lightweight. And so he goes to featherweight and goes even higher in the ranking somehow. This is Diego Sanchez. Yeah. And so I just, this like, is, this is like, even Jose Otto, he just loses Volkanovski, who isn't, who was ranked, he's like, at the time ranked in the top five. Maybe he's, I guess, two now, whatever. But, but I, but like, he's going down, so Otto's going down, down a weight class and fighting a guy that's arguably higher in the rankings than his previous opponent. Yeah. So like, now if Jose Otto's coming down to 35 and facing, uh, name a guy in the top thirty. I don't Jimmy know. Rivera. No, not even Jimmy Rivera. Jimmy Rivera is great too. I'm talking about like, uh, Ricky Simone. No, who's whoever Ricky Simone beat in his third fight in UFC. Whoever uh, that guy was. Ronnie Yaya. Ronnie Yaya. Ronnie Yaya. That's a good one. All right. If he was just fighting Ronnie Yaya. Yes. I'll, right. I'll be okay. I could. I could see that. You know, just like as a test. Mm-hmm. But going against Marlon Marias. Remember what Martin Rice did to actually remember the first round he did with the Cejudo? Remember the last three fights that got him that title fight? Hey, he was crumpling people. Yeah, he was just he was putting people. He was melting people. Melting people. Like and if he fought like John Dodson at bantamweight, like I'm, I pulled up the top fifteen at bantamweight, like Casey Kenny. But I'm, I'm talking guys who like, are lower ranked. This is the fifteen. I'm talking about top like whoever's ranked number thirty. Okay. And guys, we just can't think the name of right now. But like if he fought uh, Brian Carraway. Yeah, someone like that. Like, yeah. I, actually, I would, I would love him to fight a strong grappler, mm-hmm. like a Yaya uh, Carraway. Um, like, all the, all the, there's so many 35ers. Like, I, I watch a damn sport for a living. I can't think of any because, like, there's so many, you know. But well, that, even that's what Cody Stamen said in your scrum with, uh, was it the pre, I think it was the, the pre-fight media day scrum where he's like, I think outside of 155, 135 is the deepest class. And that's not because of talent. It's just more people look at 155 because it's like the average size yeah. human. But 135 is just as stacked as 155, he said. I don't know if I agree with that. I think 155 pounds is the most stacked division in the UFC. Uh, featherweight's looking real great too right now, but Benway is way up there. So there's a lot of fun. To answer your on. question, Striker MX, sixty nine cage warrior. <laughs> um, no, um, it won't affect his legacy at all. If, no, well, if he wins, if the, it was if he wins. Yeah, if he wins the championship, one hundred thirty five pounds. He's what is he going from the top five, ten fighters of all time to like top five fighters of all time? Wait, wait, that's so that's so distant. It's not even worth talking. I about. I want to see if he makes weight first. This loss, this loss, and this weekend could affect his legacy more than the auto fight. I feel. I want to. I want to more than the McGregor fight. What you yeah. said more than the Aldo fight. Whatever I said. Sure. Yeah. I want to see him make weight first because he's not looking great from those. Even if he makes weight, I mean. Well, I want to see if if he, he, just, if he makes weight. Like, say he makes weight and then he goes, I don't know if I can do this again. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like. Like, like Chris Cyborg always said this. Chris Cyborg said, I can make 135 pounds. I just can't show up and fight like Cyborg the next day. Sure. 
and I, I think like Otto is gonna make. He, I, I don't, I doubt. I mean, I think he's gonna make 135, 136. But it's how he looks Saturday night walking into that cage. And if he fights Cejudo, he would have to be 135. And does he have? Could his body handle five rounds after that weight cut? Because this is only a three round fight. Like, could he? Is his? Could his body handle that one extra pound going to 135 and two more rounds? It's a lot of questions. Pay your 60 bucks and watch it on pay-per-view to and find out. And now Conor McGregor's fighting 35 pounds heavier than him in his next fight. Good God. It's like thinking of like Charlie Brennan and uh, Anthony Johnson fought at like welterweight. Now one of them's a lightweight and one of them's now fighting heavyweight. Might fight Francis and Conor eventually. Good for him. Good for him. All right. Uh, Mr. Brooks in the chat would like to know if Holloway loses... Does he get the immediate rematch? I think so. I think he's war- it's warranted. Especially how we, if it depends on how we, if Well, I guess it would depend on how the fight plays out. I, I, I don't think there's one way the fight can play out where he doesn't he were, he doesn't get a rematch. What if he gets melted in four seconds? Yeah, he'll get a rematch. Actually, if he gets melted in four seconds, he absolutely will get a rematch. Why? Aldo didn't. He got melted in 13 seconds. By who? By who? Connor. Yeah, what do you think the C stands for on UFC? That's fair. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, no, no. Yeah, Holloway absolutely gets a rematch. There's, no, there's nothing that can happen in this fight that he won't get a rematch. Unless he gets. Well, if he because who, who do we who do we have back who do we have following him? Uh, Frankie and Ch- uh, Korean Zombie fight in a couple weeks. Nope. Uh, nope. 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 Right. No, no, none of those sell more tickets or sells more pay per views than a Holloway rematch. Holloway can get grinded out for 25 minutes along the cage. And he'll still get a rematch. He can get knocked out in two seconds. He'll get a rematch. I think he would also because Max is depending on depending on Max's health. That's what I was about to say because remember at two, UFC 240 in Edmonton, someone asked him like, "When do you want to return?" Because they asked him if he would want to fight Volkanovski on that Australia card. He goes, "I want to get brain scans first. Yeah. So if he gets like crushed in this fight, and he goes, "I need to take twelve months for my health," but he'll still get a rematch once he's healthy. Sure, but maybe Volkanovski takes in a, a fight. Well, of course, oh, we could have a Ronda situation where Volkanovski fights someone and then he loses, loses and then Max still get. Or like when when like like yeah, Ronda never rematched Holly. She ended up fighting Amanda on her return because yeah. Holly lost to Misha and then Misha lost to Amanda and all. But that I stuff. think the the question is basically if Holly loses. Well, his next fight will be still he'll still be for the title, unless there's some weight cutting issues where he goes up to fifty five or something like that. But assuming all those are good, yeah, yeah, unless he yeah he might not want to do featherweight yeah. ever again. And the only reason Aldo didn't get a rematch at forty five is because of the Connor situation. Yeah, and and when when and Connor's was Connor's next Connor have to fight. Was, was it Frankie? Featherweight again? No, no, I'm sorry. Oh, gee, I get the name Aldo. Aldo did. Yeah, that. the next fight he had was UFC 200 against Frankie. Yeah, yeah. So when, so Aldo did get a direct rematch in, in a sense. Title, yeah, right? he, came, he came he came straight back for a title shot. So so um, it, it was uh, Connor that didn't accept it. Right, because I think Connor wanted to fight Frankie. Oh. If if Frankie had won, Connor would have fought Frankie at 145, 100. percent Yeah, 100. Yeah. percent I think that's a fight Connor wishes he hadn't gotten at one point in his career. But that go that that I don't know. I remember they were doing like the the UFC did like a Twitter thing where Connor. This is before. No, I remember at two hundred, Connor was there. He was like he was standing. Oh, up I know, but I'm fight. saying if Frankie had been Aldo that fight, he would have fought at one forty five again. He would have fought Frankie at one forty five. Probably. Yeah, I think definitely because if you look at that, I, he did like a thing before even before the Aldo fight where he did like the top ten of the UFC. Like, what's like give your re- reaction, everyone? And Frankie's like he had something. He had like a promo on everyone in the top fifteen, and then when they got to Frankie's, like. What, what can I say about Frankie? That dude's a legend. 
Connor Nate Connor Nate two was two oh two, right? Yeah, but that was a one seventy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I know that. Um, so, so I, you, I, I, are you thinking yeah. Connor's timeline? Yeah, I'm just it was. Thinking. So he fought uh, Dennis Seaver in Boston, in, and then he fought Aldo. Oh no! Then he fought Mendes at one eighty nine in July. Then he fought Aldo in December at UFC one ninety four. And then he was supposed to fight Rafael Dos Anjos one fifty five at one ninety six. But then Dos Anjos fell with a broken foot, so he fought Nate at one seventy, Nate at one seventy, Eddie at one fifty five, UFC two hundred five. Took that long layoff, fought Mayweather in August, and then took another long year long layoff, and then fought Habib at one fifty five. Jeez, yeah, president of the stand. <laughs> I should know a lot about events. Jeez. He also fought Marcus Brimage in Sweden. He fought Max Holloway in Boston. Because Connor has a lot. Like, I was looking at this, and, like, the people were like, why does he fight Cerrone? He doesn't – Connor doesn't like fight – like, Cerrone's a guy that won't pull out, right? He doesn't like – because he was – do you remember who he's supposed to fight instead of Max Holloway? Max Holloway was instead, a late replacement. Instead of Max. Oh, instead of Max. Um, yeah, on that Boston card. Who? The, uh, Andy Ogle. You're supposed to fight Andy Ogle on the prelims of the first ever FS1 card, and then a 20-year-old Max Holloway stepped up. And then this is wait, uh, wait. Oh, so so Max stepped up for two fights. Max stepped up for Poirier. Yep. And for um, Connor. I don't know. And then uh, the next fight Connor had, because remember he blew his knee out, he was supposed to return against Cole Miller in Dublin, and then he got he like had nerve damage and he fought Diego Brandao instead. And then he was supposed to fight Aldo, and he fell out. And he was supposed to fight. Uh, Rafael Dos Anjos and he fell out so Connor's had a lot of late replacements so what you're saying is Cerrone will get injured and he'll still show up no you get if you're injured injured he ain't gonna show up that maybe well Connor apparently had his ACL shredded and he still showed up against he wasn't even motivated he wasn't even focused I know jeez imagine know. if he's motivated and focused right guys. come on his foot was a balloon yeah imagine if he has a structured Camp or yeah, or what did uh, I think Owen Roddy said it was refined? Yeah, for that one pizza girl. Anyway, next, what's we got? Any other phone questions in the chat? Jorge Washington would like to know Dana said that Connor, if Connor wins, he gets the next title shot. I'm gonna go off Connor here since we're okay. still talking about him. Connor's uh, he gets the next title shot, but so who does Justin Gaethje fight next? Winner, Felder, Hooker, or just does Justin just sit out until next year? I think Connor is gonna fight Masvidal if he wins, and then Gaethje could fight. The winner of Habib, Tony. Who knows? But if I'm Justin Gate, like, there's really no one, unless he is itching to return. Like right now, Francis Ngannou is the rightful number one contender at heavyweight, so he could sit out and pull the Tyron Woodley thing after he beat Kelvin. He sat out for a year, or like when Ricardo Lamas, I think, beat Eric Koch and sat out for a year and then fought Aldo in New Jersey. He could do that, but if he wants to fight. He could fight the winner. Of Justin Gaethje has to do whatever the UFC and Conor wants him to do. That's what's gonna happen. Justin, Justin, Gaethje, Justin Gaethje wants to fight for the title. Don't matter if the UFC doesn't want it to happen or if Conor beats Cerrone. Conor's getting it. It's up, it's up to them. It's not up to Justin Gaethje. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not That's saying That's what I'm saying. Like, of, course, like, of course Justin should be, should be fighting for the title next. Of course. But. Yeah. But like also the timeline just doesn't line up. Because like when's that fight, that uh, Habib-Ferguson fight is April. April. So then, and then when did when was the right. fought in Vancouver? Was that September? So his last fight was September. So and like so then Habib, uh, Habib fights in April. He probably won't fight again until November or December. So that'd be more than a year layoff for Justin Cage if he waits for a title shot. And that's if Habib wins. Like if Tony Ferguson wins, why wouldn't they want to run that back? 
Exactly. Like Justin Gaethje's gonna have to. If he wants to fight, like who can he fight? I don't. I don't. I don't think he wants to fight. I think he wants to fight for that title, and he'll well, wait, he'll, you, he'll wait you, it out. You remember when at the uh, Dominant MMA Media Day, he says he wants to fight Habib more than he wants to fight for the title because he wants to test himself against Habib. So if, if Tony, no, yeah, but he's saying that under the assumption that if we if we if Tony just steamrolls. Habib, you think Justin Gaethje is going to get on my foot? I still want to fight the guy that got his ass kicked. No. Well, what I'm saying it's is... It's easy to say that what I, when what the guy's unstoppable. What I'm saying is if, say, Tony Ferguson beats Habib, and then they want to like make Tony versus Connor, why not make Gaethje versus Habib? Because... Because both of them want fights, because and they don't should, give him rematches. Because that should be... Gaethje's not going to take it, because I think Gaethje has a little bit of pride in the sense that, wait, I have to... The guy I demolished loses again, and that guy gets in front of me. I mean, let's see. It's, money talks, man. They could give well, him a lot what, of money to fight Habib. Which they're not. I don't know that. You, know, you think you're going to give him championship money for a non-championship fight? I don't know. The UFC? Probably not. Yeah. So Justin Gaethje is going to be... We might not see Justin Gaethje for a while. That's what I think. I hope not. What I if would, it's in Russia, and they're like, we'll give you a lot of money to go fight Habib If they Russia. pay him championship money, yeah, he'll That's fight. Fair. He's a prize fighter. He's yeah. a, he, he is a prize fighter. You know, he wants bags of money. That's what they're doing this for. So if they pay him championship money, yeah, he'll take it. And for all we know, that April fight could fall out again for the fifth time. And Justin Gaethje fights, is fills in for one of them anyway. Maybe he fights in April for the interim title. So that's what Justin Gaethje is relying on is someone yeah. getting hurt. Well, he said that, he, that's his career. He said he would fill, do a, serve as a backup under the right circumstances, which is obviously money. Yeah. And this is also under the assumption we we have no idea if Habib would accept a fight against someone completely stylistically different. Yeah, he for sure would. He for sure would. Like he, he 100% would because remember when uh, all that nonsense happened with UFC 223 and they go, why are you fighting Alec Kings on two fight on two days notice? He goes, if you're a good fighter, you can be anyone at any time. Like, I don't care when my opponent changed. Like, this was when they did the press conference and did the stare down with those two. He goes, it could have been Al, it could have been Pettis, it could have been uh, Felder doesn't matter like if i think i'm the best i should be able to beat anyone at any time so i don't think i think if anyone habib would for sure take that fight just because he's all, he's done in the past and he said he would do it i don't believe it all right <laughs> i'm just saying yeah I, I if if habib is headlining a pay-per-view if tony gets hurt again and habib's headlining card in brooklyn you think habib's gonna pull himself out of that brooklyn card no way for that card against no way. against al no way no I i'm saying like because the next fight against tony ferguson is also in brooklyn so if Tony Ferguson gets hurt, you think he's going to turn out Justin Gaethje and pull out of that card? No way. Habib's going to stay on that card no matter what. We don't know that. <laughs> I'm pretty confident. If I'm wrong, if you're wrong, I don't know. Shave your mustache. Ooh. Dems the brakes. Because I'm in. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, um... Let's just do one more Connor question because it's in here. So, I, don't, I don't. I don't think it makes a fighter more badass at all. I, take, I don't think he's. I'm like, not talking about badass. Yeah, I'm no. Saying, like, I was like, oh, I don't need. I don't need to train for a particular. Oh guy no, really I'm not saying it's like, if it's badass or not. I'm saying we have there's like something to go off of that Habib's done that in the past, so there's nothing to say that he wouldn't do it again. All right. Paladin Boza in the chat actually has a, you know, has an interesting question, which is. Does Connor retire after Cow if Cowboy destroys him? No, no, no. He's gonna if he loses, he's gonna do the Nate trilogy. Me and Pete are both in agreement because I did the A side with Pete a few weeks ago, and he said the same thing. He goes, if Cowboy beats Connor, 
then he's going to retire. I'm like, no, he's going to take the Nate rematch, the Nate trilogy. They're both coming off losses. What other fight? Like, obviously, Connor's a big name no matter what, but that would be two losses in a row. He would have lost three or four of his last MMA fights. He's if, And if you're including the Mayweather fight, that means he lost four of his last five fights. At the end of the day, like, Connor's a big draw, but you have to win. And the Nate fight is a big fight, and they're both coming off losses, and they're not going to give him Jorge coming off a loss. They're not going to give him a title shot coming off a loss. So what's the next biggest fight you could have coming off a loss? And that's the Nate trilogy. So I think if he loses, he does the Nate trilogy. He loses to Nate, then he retires. But if he beats Nate, then he keeps going on. Okay, let's... Uh, he, just fight, he just fights wherever their money is. Sure, Nate, but I think... Nate, that, Nate, 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 if he loses, obviously, then Nate... Is that's the most, obvious, most obvious one. And it's the biggest fight he could take yeah, after Yeah, the most that. obvious one. Yeah, he might go... I don't know, he might do a stupid boxing match. I don't yeah. know. Like, might, again, might he do Floyd. Might do Connor Floyd again. Yay. <sighs> I don't know. Connor, Connor, Connor. Connor, Connor, Connor. Okay, no, no, no. Let's switch, let's switch, switch back to uh, this week. Uh, Diego Juncadello, or... Say it, say it correctly. I don't know. I can't tell. I don't know if he's Brazilian or, or... Okay, sorry. Uh, where does Leon Scott... Oh, I think he means Edwards. Yeah. Where does Leon Edwards fit into the title picture after Covington Usman this weekend? He needs a fight first. Supposedly, the UFC wants him to fight uh, Tyron Woodley in the main event of UFC London, but Tyron Woodley doesn't want that fight. Well, he doesn't want the fight in London. Yeah, that's, what his... that's what he says. Right. That's all. That's all. Whenever, whenever the guys are saying ridiculous, they're like, oh, I just go to London for vacations. It's like that. All that saying is like... Hey, UFC, throw me some more money. That's all that is. Yeah, so I don't... I like that fight. Leon Edwards and Tyron, Tyron Woodley. I think it makes sense, but if Tyron Woodley doesn't take it, then I don't know who... I'm looking at the world's weight rankings right now. I uh, beat... Already beat Rafael Dos Anjos. Damian Maez there. Santiago Ponzinibbio doesn't have fight. He just got hurt. Steven Thompson broke his hand, so he's going to be on the show for a while. He's not going to fight Nate. Pettis is going back to lightweight. Robbie Lawler... Does he? Have, he just he was supposed to fight Ponzinibbio, but didn't Ponzinibbio fall out of this card? And so then Lawler pulled out. Vicente Luque is taking time off, and then that's all the way going down to thirteen. And then there's Magny and Jeff Neal. I think the only one I would like to see him fight is Ponzinibbio if the Woodley fight doesn't happen. Whatever happens for Leon Edwards, he's probably he's he, just he, lost in the shuffle he, right he, now. He has to he has to, he has to demolish someone. That's all that. Yes, for Corey Anderson. Yeah, he, 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 has, he, 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 has, he has to demolish someone. He has to say ridiculous shit on the mic, and then maybe he'll get his title shot. That's all. Uh, he's not, I don't think he's going to leapfrog anyone at welterweight. Unless he says ridiculous crap. I guess. Unless he's just like, Colby wins, Leon Edwards knocks out Woodley, he grabs an American flag, smashes and says, this is for, we're coming back. What if, he does the, what if he does it to the Cuban flag and calls out Masvidal? Because they already have that three. He's part of the three piece in Minnesota history. I think. I think he's more. I think he's. I think if things go crazy, Masvidal Edwards is more likely than Masvidal. I mean, than um, Edwards getting a title shot. Yeah, I don't think Edwards is getting a title shot anytime soon. For no real reason, other than that, he doesn't. He doesn't move the needle enough. No, he also has only fought in the U.S. what twice. He's always on those early morning cards. Like he's a good fighter. Same with Volkanovski. He's only fought in the U.S. once, right? That was two thirty-two in in Inglewood. That's right. That's the only time he fought. Was he on the? Was he on? No, yeah, you're right. I keep thinking he was on that Boise card, but that was Chad Mendes on the Boise card. Yeah, you're right. I did when I I was doing his timeline video. I was like, oh, he's never fought. He's only fought in the states once. And this is his first time in Vegas. Well, it's going to be his first time in Vegas. Uh, That's right. That's right. Yeah, Boise. He was on that Boise fight card. Well, no, he did fight Darren Elkins. No, but no one was there. 
Those don't count. You mean I'm talking, I'm talking pay-per-views. Like, Fight Nights don't count. They really don't. You mean you didn't tune in to watch JDS, Blagoy, Ivanov, and Sage Northcutt versus Zach Otto? That was the only fight I tuned in for. I, I didn't bother watching that. That was the Nico Price hammer fist off the back. Jeez, okay. All right. Just remember. No one remembers Boise. I do. <laughs> no one remembers Boise. <laughs> I do. Casey, you, you don't say that. No one puts Boise in a corner. <laughs> Who else is on that corner? Which <laughs> one was on? Split oh, All right. Uh, oh, actually, I looked it up. Um, his name is Leon Scott Edwards. Is that is that really his middle name? Uh, I don't know if it's really his real name, but like it's kind of everywhere. I can't tell if it's just like a joke. Someone called him. I think uh, Colby called him Leon Scott, uh... or Masvidal called him. Someone, some welterweight called him Leon Scott as like a joke, and then it just people. It's a joke. It. Yes. People, it's like when people call Kamara Marty. It's because yes. Ben Ashton said it so much. Yeah. I don't remember who said it, but I see it a lot. Yes. Because when a- I say Leon Edwards, people in the chat are like, who's Leon Edwards? And people are like, Leon Scott. Oh, now I know. That's yeah. called comedy. Yes. Yes. Uh, I, comedy. Appar- apparently. Apparently it's called comedy. Um, when, when, you, when you say someone's name, that's not really their name. Yep. Yep. Okay. Cha-cha-cha. Good, good answer, Lester. ELC oh. would like to know who you are picking in Dranami Nunes. And Max Volkanovsky. It's hard to pick against Amanda, so I think if 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 Amanda keeps it standing, then of course it's a toss up fight. If Amanda uses her wrestling, takes her down, I think that's then obviously well. it's a it's a good it's a it's a it's a um, higher probability to victory. I think that's I would if I'm a betting man, I would put Amanda by submission. Yeah, I mean, if you want, but let's see what happens. But um, yeah, if obviously, if, it, if, it's on, if it's on the feet, shit, who knows? She tapped her in the first fight, right? Dude, if you, have you rewatched that first fight? Mm-hmm. I remember watching that, and I was a big JDR fan coming to that fight. GDR. GDR, GDR sorry. JDR. There's a junior. Um, GDR. And she looked so bad in that fight. And Amanda or Jermaine? Jermaine. Oh, okay. She looked so bad. I thought that was the last time we were ever going to see her fight in a high level really? fight. She looked. She got taken down. Just basically looked like she quit, and she was out for almost a year and a half after that. And her follow-up victory, um, I, don't, I can't remember she won against, but she won her follow. Larissa Pachenko, um, mm-hmm. a, a good prospect at the time, way too young to be in the UFC, but that's another. She's doing very good in PFL right now. But um, she came back and she basically said, "My mentality, my training was just completely off." in the past for those fights. I'm a different woman. I'm a different person now. I'm a different fighter. And I see it. And so I now, I, I believe in her now. But I remember coming out of that Nunes fight, the, the first one, I was like, oh, she is just done. Like, she, I, it's just, she doesn't want to be here. And she admitted, and actually, I, I was kind of happy. <laughs> At least she admitted, she confirmed my suspicion. She did say a year later, yeah, I was just not in the right. Well, I, she was, that dropped a record of four and three. And since then, she's only fought once a year. She fought 2015, 1, 16, 17, 18. So this is her first year with two fights since 2013. Mm-hmm. That's wild. I didn't know. I knew she was fairly inactive because remember she, when we were at that Denver fight, she said she injured her eye uh, and she was going through a lot. She cried hands, during the press she had, conference. She had, she had broken hands. Uh, she had to get eye surgery. Well, she thought she was going to lose her eye. Lose her eye from a freak, a freak accident. Yeah. Um, what's your timeline to find out what happened? Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, yeah, Nunes should win, but if Jermaine knocks her out, 
I wouldn't be shocked. Now, if Jermaine takes her down and submits Nunez, that would be very shocking. I'll ask, I'll ask you this now because at UFC 239, when Amanda was fighting Holly, a lot of people were calling Amanda the greatest fighter, female fighter of all time, leading that fight. And you were very adamant that she was not there yet. You still put Ronda number one. After the Holly Holm fight, do you put Amanda the greatest fighter, female fighter of all time now? I think this version of Amanda is the greatest mm-hmm. we've seen in her cage. This, this version of Amanda. Now, I still have issues doing the whole, is she the greatest fighter of all time? Because she's had a lot, Amanda's had lots of bad fights. She's had lots of mediocre fights. She's, had, she's lost to mid-level fighters and yeah. stuff. So, like, but like, so there's almost different eras in Amanda's career. But this version, the last, like, five, six years of Amanda Nunes, Amanda Nunes has been doing this for, what, 10 years now? Like, the yeah. first, five year, first five years of her career were very hit or miss. Mm-hmm. This last four years, I think, um, after the Katzengano loss, mm-hmm. I think, has, she been, has she been undefeated after Katzengano? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that fight, like, much like when um, uh, Jermaine lost to Amanda Nunes previously, she came back a different fighter. That Katz and Gano loss, Do Nunes came back as it because because before Nunes had lost because she she got grinded out by wrestlers, got taken down, eventually got tired and submitted. But Catches beat the crap. Do out you of remember her. that fight? She got full mount on Cat in the first round, and, and then and then she got like tossed in the second and third round before she got uh, just TKO'd, demolished yeah. from the top. Yeah, yeah. But so, then since then she's beaten a lot of good fighters. It'd be a lot of good fighters very violently too, very violently and quickly. TKO. The only so, so I, I just think Amanda News this era Amanda News is the best female fighter we've seen at um, bantamweight ever. At. The only you know what, what am I talking about? Like, is this version still better than Ronda when Ronda was just freaking? I don't know. I think her right. level of competition since the Zingano fight is slightly higher than Ronda's level of competition during her tear through like she fought I would agree yeah I think I think um, Alexis I think, Davis Betch Cohea Sarah McMahon like the two Misha Tate fights were good but it's, like I think, it, I think they're both 1A 1B but like Ron- Amanda's KO'd Cyborg TKO'd like Rousey submitted Tate beat Valentina twice uh, she does have that win over Julia Budd in Force. she has a win over NXT Women's Champion Shayna Baszler so that's another champion she's beat uh, but, she, but, but if you if you go back and watch this Alexis Davis fight, mm-hmm. watch that Sarah Diego fight, and like it's kind of like wow, you're you're kind of like this woman isn't the best fighter in the world. It's kind of mm-hmm. there was there, there was like glimmers like oh she's a brawler, but that's about it. Wasn't she training TT as well? Yeah, wasn't she training in New Jersey back then? She was at um, MMA Masters, which is right. a another camp in Florida. I, yeah. I think I, I know Ricardo Lamas is part of them. Um, there's a few other, I think, Ricardo Lockett. Yeah, just obviously going yeah. ATT is that, like yeah. been life Yeah, I'm not sure when she went to ATT. It might have been after the cat fight. or um, I generally don't know. Yeah, but um, yeah, her camp change obviously ATT was um, definitely brought out the, her and full And her cat fight, the only two decisions she's had were against Valentina. Valentina. And one of them was split by a lot of people when she lost. Okay, I want to go one more question for this, and then I want to actually just, dis- we have got a lot of DC questions. Mm-hmm. So yeah. one, the one, who is the most likely to lose their belt this weekend? Um, Kamara. Yeah, Kamara, because I think now, that's... I, I'm, I'm, picking, be- I'm, pick, I'm picking Kamara, but I think of all the... Uh, I think, I think that's all- the closest competitively. I think, well, I... Man, 
Volkanovski is, I think, has a real good chance of beating Max. Of course, but I think they all have. I think all three, and that's why sure. it's a fun. It's but a fun I think it's a great fight. Yeah, I agreed. All anyone like all, we could see three title changes. Like I think the last, the only time that's happened is UFC two seventeen. That was when TJ beat Cody, GSP beat Bisping, and Rose beat Joanna. Um, we could see that again on Saturday, uh, but if. Remember, Yuan was a heavy favorite, too, going in. Yeah, she was. She got crushed. Uh, those three stoppages, too. Um, but I do, I do agree with you. I think I'm actually thinking Colby in that fight. Uh, I think that's like a toss-up for me, like who wins that one. I'm thinking Kamaru, but um, but um, Colby might surprise me. Yeah. All right, let's uh, switch um, to the DC card. People are asking about Francis Ngannou since... Uh, him and Big sure. Boy might have a... Jairzinho Rosenstreet. Yes. Tim uh, Crystal. Do you think that that's going to be the next battle? I sure hope so. It's not, Francis Downer should fight him or Volkov. I don't want that fight because I want both those guys... I want both those guys to have title shots. Sure. That's so that, that That's the problem. We, we knock out... A, uh, when number one contenders knock each other out, then you don't have multiple contenders. So, so who, that, they, who should they fight? Because I mean, obviously, if if... And just in a vacuum, yeah, of course I want the fight. Mm-hmm. I want I want to see, I want to see that fight every weekend. But from a matchmaker's point of view, I don't know how much sense that makes to talk, to take out two number one contenders. I mean, take to take out a number one contender when both those guys. I be- guess the thing is, DC, uh, DC has already said that the fight his his trilogy against Stipe will most likely be in the summer because they're both healing up, which means Francis would have had some. His last fight was July. What, which he, he would have had to wait a year and then he would have to wait another like X amount of months for a title shot. If he wants to stay busy and Jairzinho want, said he wants to return March or April, maybe in summer, why not book that fight on the same card as Stipe DC? Because DC's pulled out of fights before, like just have one of them stand by for... Plus, if DC wins and he retires, Stipe's gonna... His next fight is gonna be for the vacant heavyweight championship of the world. Cool. And then put Francis and Francis Jairzinho would then be on the same timeline. Because they both fought on the same card, I think that makes sense. it's similar to when GSP fought Hendricks, and on the on the that main card was Lawler McDonald, and then the, when he when they vacated Hendricks and Lawler fought because they had both were on the same timeline. I'd like that idea. Like I said, if if it's in a vacuum, yeah, of course you should fight. But the problem is for Francis is like you take us for him. I bet in his mind he thinks um, Biggie Boy is a tougher fight than Volkov, Volkov or whoever. Whoever might be fighting for a title, so it's just such a high risk fight for not that much money, and compared to a title fight. So, who would he? Because Junior is now fighting Curtis Blades, but France has already beaten Blades twice. Derek Lewis is fighting Eli Latifi, and then after that, Jairzinho is the next man up. Why it's him it? or Volkov. They're five six. Wait, why is Derek Lewis fighting Eli Latifi? Don't know. He's an un, like a number five ranked heavyweight is fighting a completely unranked well, guy. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, uh, and he's not fighting like a, a former title challenger, and he's fighting he's he's fighting a a two or fiver, um, I don't know, journeyman. Yeah, like that that fight is actually just makes from a range. Well, like if Eli Latifi wins, he's gonna jump up to like number six right well, away. Well, of course, if Eli Latifi fought Daniel Cormier and beats Daniel Cormier. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, of course he's gonna jump up. But so, but I'm saying like if you want to make a number one contender fight, like the only one that would make sense that they're not booked are Jairzinho and Francis, or Volkov, like any one of those three. 
because unfortunately, Overeem just well, Overeem just lost to Rosenstreak. Walt Harris isn't going to fight anytime soon, and then after that, you have a bunch of fighter names that I can't pronounce. Still got Anthony Johnson in there. You still got a bunch of other two of fivers who might go up and wait. All of a sudden, they're. I don't know. Like, yeah, you still got John Jones. You might just take a, they, they throw a bunch of money at him. It's and Ganu Rosenstreak and or Ganu Volkov and Jairzinho Rumble Johnson. What was the question? <laughs> what do you think about that fight? Yeah, it's cool. I don't. I actually it, don't think it's gonna happen. It could. What if it turns into another Lewis and Ganu though, where they're both just like gun shot? Well, there was a there was there were a lot of it was a, a series of unfortunate events that led to that. Yeah. That same unless both fighters are coming in, they're injured and they literally need a paycheck. Then that because that's all because people forget that Derek Lewis was hurt. Derek Lewis, Derek, if that fight was against any other heavyweight in the world outside of Derek Lewis, who went in there and literally, I can't do anything more than this, and he just looked tough. Like that was the reason, and so that was the reason there was no action. So if anyone comes at Francis, Francis, you just you would have woken up, you know, you got to kind of hit him and he wakes up. But if you're never going to hit him, he just kind of that was just a it was a series of unfortunate events that led to that fight, but then it led to. Mark Armandi doing Shuey, so it all worked out in the end. And I still, I and I still have issues with that Shuey because Shuey's are celebrations, and they made the Shuey a punishment. Yeah, but it was a celebration for Sean. It was a celebration for people around Mark, not for actually Mark. Did you spin it? I can't remember. Yeah, he spit in it. He's yeah, a man. Right. He's a man. He, Mark is a man. Any other fun questions? Oh, we got. <laughs> yeah, we got a good question actually. Well, also about DC sorta from Luis. Or Baby Yoda Jr. I still have not seen that show, so... Yeah, it's, it's, a, video, it's, a, video, it's a video game. It's a video game. Since there's been so much talk about testicles getting smashed Ooh. on recently, what is the worst hit to the balls y'all have had? Personally? You spar a lot more than me. I got, I got oh, I got whacked in the balls um, right before I came up to Vegas. Yeah, I was wrestling, and guy, uh, what is he, he went for a single, but then he switched legs, and it's... And like, okay, and I got... I always wear a cup, no matter what, I always work up and I, I and I went like, ah, oh, we're just some, we're doing some light wrestling today. I'm gonna be a little lazy, and not spend that freaking thirty seconds to put my cup on. And of course, his hang up is right up the middle, and it barely, man. When it comes up underneath, oh good lord, it's like it's a it's a different feel. It's a different feel. And it's one of those feels you got the takedown, and I was all like, oh, you hit me. and I, I was kind of I was kind of remembering, oh, you hit me in my dick, and then like I was trying to play it off, but I was like, but then it just starts hurting more and more and more. And then, like, by about 15 seconds later, I was like, oh, I can't do this anymore. So, like, it kind of starts here and moves up. It's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting feel. But then once I, once I actually stopped, when you kind of stopped mm -hmm. and kind of I was trying to rest, then like, it kind of – you kind of – I got it. You know, when you see fighters, like, they get hit in the balls and, like, they go, oh, go to, go to the corner. And they kind of sit there for a while. Then they start going, ooh. Yeah, because it's, it's when you stop moving, that's when it kind of starts building up. I was actually told by uh, a fighter when you get when he, when he told me whenever you get kicked in the dick, either you take the fight the whole five minutes or you immediately go back out there and fight. That's why you often see fighters you know, you'll they get kicked in the dick and the, and the, the they, they kind of take a couple seconds and and they go I'm good to go and you hear like DC or Rogan go take your five minutes. But when I talked to these guys, these guys said the only way for that pain to go away is to have another man try to kill you because your body can only really concentrate on one type of pain, you know? Sure. So like, if, you, if, I, if I, I can't worry about my balls because I got fucking Francis Ngannou about to fucking rip my face off. So, uh, yeah, I got, yeah. So yesterday, that's when I got hit in the balls. That was a lot of language for our youth listeners. 
They got to learn something. They, 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 I thought that was that's infor- information. This it is, was. Uh, this and is the te- my, te- testicle talk. Is that it replaced crystal talk? Yeah, testicle talk. All right, team testicle, team crystal. My answer would be I, uh, one of the many times I was playing shortstop in baseball growing up. You just, like, during, like during a game or yeah. just – Oh, just during like just fielding or whatever. Like, so when I when in Rhode Island, when I was coming up playing wait, baseball, wait, what do you call what do you call it? You call it practice? Yeah, baseball practice. You just got practice. Okay, yeah, you don't, you don't see you don't see like fight practice. Yeah, you just fight camp baseball practice. Okay, you're not like you have practice every day. It's not you baseball. Have, it's like you don't go to you don't go to baseball training. Uh, you go to training camp uh, to like work on like hitting and stuff but like a practice is like in-game scenarios yeah we don't go fight we call it you know fight practice yeah but right. mma is not sports entertainment so uh and by rhode island they baseball starts in the march when the grass is still frozen so oh. you get a lot of those weird skips off of frozen grass that's the answer are you wearing a cup yeah it still it still, gets still hurts still, oh yeah i'm sure have you ever, okay, yeah. Okay, well, we're good. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's not go on to testicle talk forever. Uh, Dennisaurus. No, but I, I feel every fan needs to get hit in the balls once to understand. That's Casey's <laughs> job. If you see Casey about, just be like, Casey, I watched the A-side cage will just run up and kick you. Yeah, and I'm like, boo. Or yeah. like, or like uh, I don't know. I, I would kick you in the nuts and chant USA. That's the only time I'm going to chant USA. Do you like the professional wrestling one where you just hit him with the right, right from behind yeah. you? Yeah. That's what I got hit with, basically. Like the arm, because he was going under, the arm came right up under. It's like, ooh. Did he boo you? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good question. Good question, whatever person. <laughs> okay, Denny Soros would like to know how does Bellator do a welterweight tournament and have MVP not fight anyone from the tournament? I get building a guy back up, but seriously, he's 32 and shouldn't be considered a prospect anymore. How are we supposed to take him seriously fighting your local mailman? I... Have you seen the clicks he gets? He does really well. He does really well fighting. Not no, but he, he fight he fights he fights C uh, level fighters guys who aren't quite ready for the for the big show, but they're clearly trained martial artists. They're not they're not they're not they're not explode fight series guys. Like he's fighting he's fighting he's fighting athletes. He's fighting fighters, but obviously he's not fighting the elite guys. Uh, I was at the but I was at the Douglas Lima fight because that was the same day. Oh, as you the, there. You saw that in person. That was the same day as the Rose uh, Jessica Andrade fight. So you guys were all working that fight, and I was on Bellator duty. I don't know. Have you watched that fight since? Or do you remember anything about that fight besides um, the finish? I me- so the that fight was, it was in the second round, right? It was the second round, but MVP was doing was finding a lot of success on the feet in the first round, and then when he got taken down. He had wrist control the entire time where even though he was on his back, I still gave it to MVP the first round. Like Douglas Lima literally couldn't do anything from the top. Like he would try and because MVP's arms are so long that Douglas Lima would go to punch and MVP could just grab his wrist and he was controlling him the whole time. And then the second round, uh, I asked him this. I go, what, why did you get up that way? Like instead of rolling back, Mm -hmm. he just stood up and went forward and he goes, I was finding so much success on the feet that I just got overconfident and thought I could just stand up. Well, when you get knocked down, you're kind of trying to like go back. But yeah. he literally looked like he just tripped and just got was getting standing up from the sidewalk and then just got like right hooked from hell. So he goes, if I just rolled back, I probably I could have won that fight. But you, that's a lot of what is. But he was looking really, he was doing really well in that fight till he got knocked out. I don't, I don't believe. 
I believe he was on his way to losing a decision, sure. but a competitive decision. Yes, a competitive. He decision. didn't. A lot of people were going to say he was going to get crushed by Douglas Lima, which he did <laughs> on his because of his own mistake. But I don't think I think if he didn't get knocked out then and it was a decision, it would have been competitive. That's MMA. MMA yeah. is all about who makes the first mistake. It really is. That, that's all MMA is like who fucks up first. And that was a like we're all like going back to training. We're always taught when you get up, you basically you never get up like that. What he did, you just you. I, I'm kind of actually it's kind of shocking he got up that way. You just don't ever do that. That's why the that's why the knockouts look so incredibly unique because you've never seen that in anything like that before at a high level because. At a high level, you just never get up off your butt well, straight he got, up like that. He got he overextended, got his legs kicked out from under him, and then went forward and forward, and he just kind of got like that instead yeah, of didn't protect. Put, his yeah, head put your butt down, get back, hand out. It's like it's. I want to see no, but, that fight again. I would like to see MVP fight Rory uh, or anyone else from the tournament. Like uh, this commenter said, like I because now he's fighting in Bellator Japan, right? Yeah, and he's, fight, he's fighting a decent journeyman guy. Guys, he was two and two years too. Um, a lot of yeah. experience. He's not. Everyone's like, who is this guy? He's like, he's a decent dude. And he's like, this isn't. This is. This is the guy that we fighting on a you know fight night prelims. You'll be like, oh, let's watch this. You know, it's it's it's, it's not a scrub. He's he's a he's a talented dude. I want to see him fight Roy McDonald. And if he wins beats Roy, then I want to see the rematch against Lima because right now Lorenz Larkin probably has the next title shot against Douglas Lima. Uh, but I would like to see MVP fight Roy. Who 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 else is out there? Out- Neiman, Ed Ruth, Koreshkov, Benson okay. Henderson can always jump up to one seventy. Benson 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 versus MVP sounds like that sounds like a fun fight. Yeah, that Chandler sounds- could jump up to one seventy. Yeah, um, Gegard Musasi could drop down to one seventy. No, probably no. No, I won't do that. I won't um, see that either. But um, yeah, um, what was the question? Oh, why is he fighting one of those guys in the tournament? Yeah, give us some time. Oh, the answer was clicks. That's why. Look at, look like, yeah, MVP. Uh, question, actually, I'm yeah. going to interrupt you. Anthony yeah, Williams uh, asked MVP versus Raymond Daniels. Is Raymond Daniels a welterweight or a middleweight? Actually, I think he's a, I think he's a welterweight. I think he's a welterweight. But uh, Raymond Daniels, uh, uh, he's, he's, had, he's been un, very unsuccessful in MMA. So uh, unless they want to do kickboxing, yeah, cool. He's one and one in MMA. Yeah, he, he essentially retired from MMA. He's welterweight, yeah. He hasn't fought MMA since. Well, he fought in May. 2019, and that was his first fight. Since oh, never mind. I guess, oh, he is giving it a shot. Never Bellator, mind. Birmingham. Oh, yeah. wait, Raymond Daniels fought in Bellator? Yeah, that's... Mm-hmm. Oh. That is why we're bringing it up. I had no idea. That didn't get... That didn't you get, mean you didn't tune in to watch <laughs> Brent Primus versus Tim Wilde? No, he I won, didn't. Brent Primus won by Gogoplot in that fight. Do you no. not remember that? Is he on the main card? Yeah, he's the opener. He won, he won by KO. Huh. All right, right, cool. Yeah, make it happen. All right, this is uh, probably going to be the last question. Okay, good. From John (laughs) Baltz. Hey, John Baltz. Rank your top three years of the decade in MMA. Oh, actually, it's two questions. And the second question is Tiger's Eye or Peridot? Is it Peridot or Peridot? That's a good question. I've heard both. Okay, well... Tiger's Eye to answer because Tiger's Eye looks... Have you seen Tiger's Eye? Yeah. Have you seen Tiger's Eye? What are you it's like a, it's a crystal. Come on. It's a crystal. It's, a tes- it's another word for testicle. Now, oh. see, yeah, see? Uh, Tiger's Eye is a crystal that looks like wood. Is that, um, what, is that what I nicknamed my testicles? Yeah. So, uh, Tiger's Eye to answer the, uh, the crystal question because I like how it looks like wood and you can't really tell unless you feel it. Um, best year? Uh, like, personally or, like, fight-wise? I like two- 2013 because that's when I first got into it. Uh, I had just graduated college. I no think, part, I fight. yeah, 
I'm just telling you, like, the story. Like, Ronda fought, debuted. Uh, Chris Wyman beat Anderson that year. Anderson broke his leg. Uh, GSP came back, fought Johnny Hendricks. So 2013 stands out. In my, that's my answer. Turn your mic on, Esther. Yes, what? No, Do you have a... Um... Let's discuss this. Let's oh, let's discuss this. We've, we've spent the entire decade together... Working on working MMA. Yeah. So. Actually, yeah. Um, in October was our 10th year anniversary of working for MMA fighting. Yeah. So, um, huh. 2013 was a really good year, yeah. actually. Because it also had... Um, pre, 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 was that Wyman? That was both Wyman Anderson's. Rhonda came on the scene. I got, uh, bad, I got bad memories for that and personal reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know... Why'd you I, for that? Whew. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that was probably one of the better years. Yeah. You know, honestly, I feel like all the strong years were kind of early on. That was also uh, 2013 was like the last year we had Kane as like a dominant force because he beat Junior both times. Oh, I know why yeah. 2013, yeah. I, remember, I stuck in my mind too. It was the last strike force event for me. Yeah, that's a good, that's another really good Yeah, um, actually, uh, is whatever, if you want me to pick a year, it was it was when strike force was um, probably right when strike force maybe got bought out by Zufa, but kind of like right before that era. So like right before that time. 12, 2013. Yeah, that was... 2011 was a good year because it was also... Also, was... John Jones beat Shogun. Right. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to go 2011. 2011. Everything after that was downhill. And that was um, also when they um, had the big event in uh, Toronto. That's right. That's uh, also the year uh, Anderson front kicked Vitor. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had the Grey Maynard Frankie uh, uh, trilogy. Well, the, yeah, the two matches. That was a good year. What year was um, Invicta 3? FC3? I think it was 2012. Not long? No. Invicta? 2012? Invicta 3? I'll find out. Yeah. Invicta 4. Invicta 3, Invicta 4, Invicta 5. Invicta 4 was in 2013 as well, actually. It was January 4th, 2013, I think. For the decade? Wait, hold on. Invicta 3 was 2012. Yeah, oh, wow. see? Invicta 4 was 2013. So 2013 might be my favorite year, actually. Yeah, so the three of us are kind of... Also, 2011 was the first ever Fox car. Okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So that, that that, the, and that's when... In the first couple years, Fox cards really mattered. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember the... Was the second one? Was the second Fox car the... That was the Chicago one. That was, so that was Phil Davis, Rashad. It was Bay, it was loaded on paper. It just, it, it, the fights went up kind of... Kind of being no, not entertaining, but they were on paper. Yeah, it was, it was really that good. was Maya's last middleweight fight when he lost to Weidman. Yeah, and then he dropped down and fought what Don Young Kim at one forty eight, or did he fight Eric? I can't remember. Or Rich Story, one of those. It was one of those fights. Yeah. So whatever. Two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen. After that. Uh, actually, that was kind of I. I think about it a lot. I feel like it was kind of the golden age. Mm-hmm. Uh, between like 2009 and you know basically from like UFC 100 to one whatever that's also like Anderson and GSP were the greatest like Fedor was still doing things yeah. DJ, young John Jones was had not gone into a shenanigans yet he was that was two, 2011 though that was John Jones saving people on the streets of yeah. Patterson New Jersey yeah, yeah. I was still staying up late and watching fights from Japan yeah HDNet, HDNet was still had, two, got going 2011 John Jones that I think it's like the 2007. When was that Pride Grand Prix, that Shogun one? Was that 2005? Yeah, that was. So that for me was the greatest year for a single fighter until John Jones 2011. He beat Bader, Shogun, Rampage, and Machida all in in 12 months. 
Like those two to me, like no one has matched yet. No, no, yeah, I agree. I agree. That was that was the best. That was the best. And he was winning like Don, like he tapped, uh, he crushed Sho, uh, Mitch Shogun, tapped Bader, tapped Rampage, and then left Mitchie the Nahib. Damn good fights. If you could, this is actually my last question because it's uh, we've we've uh, it's a it's been an hour, but I wanted to ask, what's your favorite event of last decade? Hmm. 162 was cool. That was uh, Weidman Anderson because that had not a lot of good fights on that card. Frankie fought Charles Oliveira. Tim Kennedy debuted against Hodger Gracie. Um, 157 was fun. That was Ronda Carmouche, but then also had like Machida Hendo and they had um, what was it, Mac, Mac, Mac Grice or whatever his name is against Dennis Bermudez. That was a fun one. Mm, I liked that box card was at USCM Fox 7 in San Jose which, which was Benson Gilbert had a lot of stoppages because we left because it was a West Coast show in the summer so we got out of the arena at like 9pm I can't put one there and then people booed Benson Henderson during his well he proposed proposal. he yeah. proposed to his girl when he just won a very controversial decision and he proposed to his girl in his opponent's hometown or home town area yeah. that's just kind of come on man <laughs> UFC 189 I think a lot of people consider the greatest main card ever that had that was the Connor Mendez because it had two flying knees uh Gunnar Nelson tapping the greatest fight ever uh as the Comey event yeah. and then Connor Mendez because that prelim wasn't that great outside of the map round Tim Means fight um 194 was good uh that that was the Connor Aldo Weidman Rockhold Holloway Stevens Romero Jacare um, 205 was good that was stacked that was the first NXT card mm, yeah, a lot of good ones I'd say 162 for me just because I was like 10 feet away from Anderson getting knocked out that was just crazy <laughs> to see uh, we've got a couple votes for 189 yeah um, but yes alright um, I think that's it for today we, we gotta head over to the uh... one real quick one okay. what do you think is the knockout of the year this year no I mean for the decade oh for the decade because like if you think about it we got Anderson front kick we got Holly Holm getting front kicks we got Masvidal's five second knockout we got uh, Terry Allen getting crushed by Barboza Holly Ronda yeah. Holly Ronda's knockout of the decade I think it's 1A 1B with that and the Anderson front kick Anderson is because pretty that's good. pretty iconic yeah, it's one of those two for me. I I don't I don't think that one's if we count I count every factor. It's I count the upset factor. Anderson was a favorite already, a pretty heavy favorite going against Vitor. That's why I don't. That's why it doesn't surpass it to me. Just because it was expected, not expected like that, but the victory was expected. Yeah. So, but um, Holly Ronda to me is the because that 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 knockout still to me changed the world, changed MMA, changed changed pop culture. Yeah, changed a lot. Said, changed a lot of things. You said Francis and Overeem. Those, are, those are great Connor knockouts. Aldo? Connor Aldo. Those are great knockouts, but those were to me like Connor knockout Aldo did not no. change pop culture. It no, did, it, did, it, it, it did. It did. It did. It for sure did. It did. I'm going to disagree with you. Yeah, it for sure did. No, I don't. I don't think it did as much as Ronda losing to Holly. Nope. Yeah. Remember, okay. remember the very next. We, we, well, okay. I will say just in terms of like for pop, uh, it was uh, Ronda was like more pop famous at that mm -hmm. time, in, in the in the sense that uh, when we got into uh, a taxi, uh, when we got back from Australia after that knockout, it was all over the radio, pop radio. It was like Kiss FM or something. It was everywhere. And like the, even the the driver was like asking us about it. 
It was, um, it, was so. on, it was in freaking last week tonight. Remember? It was last on last, last week, week tonight. tonight. They were talking about on just news shows. Like, yeah. The Connor thing was a, a giant, like, he's a celebrity. It's a giant sports thing. Like, the Ronda knockout was... And then, and then it changed everything because then Ronda re- basically retired after that. She had one more fight, but she was done. And then, you had the, you know, she went to the WWE. Like, it changed so many things. What think. about... In terms of just crazy knockouts, what about yeah, yeah, Korean zombie? Now, if we're talking just knockouts independent, just what they are right then, yeah, yeah, yeah. What about Hendo and Bisping? It was cool. 2009, so that's 10 years, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. UFC 100? Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was cool. Yeah, that was the other vote. We were getting 100 and 189 were, were the two. Um... That's right. UFC 100 was awesome. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, I think that's it for the A side this time. We got to go to sign open workouts. It's a, what is it, a fan Q&A thing? Because like any UFC 244, no one worked out. They just did Q&As the whole time. So uh, they're trying this new thing. So we have to run to that. So stay on the YouTube channel and then we'll get those videos to you ASAP. Or you can go hang out on our Twitter or Instagram. We got all kinds of fun content. These two have epic uh, UFC 245 timelines. So watch all three of those, and then when we're done at the Q&A, watch those videos. Um, But for Jose, that's Casey, that's Esther, we're out. This is Testicle Talk. You had to end it that way, huh? Crystals. Crystals. Wow, guys.